Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today we're gonna take a look at how legislation might help other states make money. With us, take a look at this Politico um, article. It's Katrina Kogowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on The Talking Hedge. Thanks, Josh. So we all know Idaho is probably gonna be the last state in the US to do anything with cannabis or hemp, which provides some opportunities. So apparently there's uh, a little spot in Ontario in the US that's benefiting from that. And so this little Oregon town known for its tater tots is making some decent money uh, as people cross the border. Nothing new. We've kind of seen that in Washington state from Portland coming over from the south or even people in Idaho coming in from the east. Uh, people are going to be doing it, especially with Texas uh, going west to try and find some cannabis, maybe in Arizona or wherever they can find it. Nothing new here, but let's run this down and see what it means for the uh, eastern Oregon economy. Josh, this is article talks about what you talk about every single podcast, which is FOMO amongst the states. And this little town of Ontario, Oregon, home of Orida Tater Tots, um, uh, has more cannabis sales than Portland. Uh, and that's not because the town of 11,000 people buys a lot of cannabis. It's because people cross the border to buy cannabis because Idaho has said, oh, heck no no cannabis in my state. Uh, and the, the good news for the, the uh, city of Ontario is they get a whole bunch of tax revenue that quite frankly, they don't know what to do with. Mm -hmm. uh, but it also causes problems for the citizens that live in Ontario, Oregon, because of the backup of traffic and uh, just the, the, the town itself is not geared to handle uh, uh, an attraction such as cannabis. And that's really what this article is talking about, Josh, which is what you say every podcast. Yeah. Well, it's, it's um, people going over to Idaho for tax-free stuff in general. So it's already been a cultural thing for people in Idaho to go to Walmart or Home Depot. Um, you know, especially if you don't have to pay tax on a two by four these days, you might save like a thousand dollars. But with cannabis, I mean, if you don't have to pay 37% tax or some, you know, whatever stupid price uh, we've got in Washington these days, why wouldn't you cross the border, take advantage of that? Um, but I don't think in this case, FOMO is going to do anything for Idaho. I think they're um, cemented in their views, and they're definitely going to wait until it's federally legal. That's my opinion. I just don't think that they're in a position like Kentucky, where their pension plan is is so um, hurt. And plus, like, I mean, how many dozens of people live in Idaho? It's not a, a massive state where there's a ton of people that live there and can uh, rise up and say, we demand cannabis to be legal. It's just not, it's not a huge state. And there's not many people who care. And I'm sure there's a, a illicit market that thrives in in any other town like like Boise but those that do want the convenience are definitely crossing the border and buying it to the tune of 1600 unique trips per day to big box stores 
uh, to buy stuff. And I, I think cannabis is just one of those stops. So makes sense to me. Yeah. And it's just, it's not just Idaho and Oregon experiencing this, Josh. It's, it's many other uh, states where uh, you have, where you have legalization in one state and prohibition in the other. And, you know, we've, we've seen this before with alcohol and, and other things along those lines, but it just really, really shows the amount of demand that there is for legalized cannabis, because these people that live in Idaho uh, could grow it in their basement or could buy it on the on the corner at the quickie mart. Uh, instead, they are choosing the regulated market to make sure that they're getting what they're paying for. And with the pesticide testing, with the child safe packaging, and with the mm, uh, <laughs> full faith and credit, uh, that somebody in the soup, some regulator in the soup has de deemed this product to be safe. And it, that alone uh, shows the importance of a regulated cannabis market uh, that people are willing to drive for hours to another state and forego John on the street corner to be able to buy regulated cannabis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing it at the tune of $92 million in Ontario, Oregon last year in 2020. So to put that into perspective, $2,857 for every resident in Ontario compared to Portland only selling $378 to every resident in 2020. So um, definitely a massive influx of people wanting it, just not demanding it from their legislator, which is unfortunate, but at the same time, nobody wants to be you know, called out for it in, in a very conservative state like Idaho. Uh, it's going to eventually. Yeah, they will eventually once it's federal. Uh, but it also shows you the impact. Uh, Ontario, Oregon, nobody ever knew that Ontario, Oregon existed before this <laughs> article, well, unless you lived in Idaho, uh, but uh, nobody even knew it existed. But what a, what a case study of what it has done having, I think uh, the article explains there's four dispensaries in Ontario and what those four dispensaries have done, the jobs that it created for Ontario, the tax revenue that it created for Ontario, and of course, the associated traffic burdens, which they talk about quite lengthily in this article. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what the impact of just four dispensaries has done for this town, and uh, hopefully every kid in school gets a new computer and, uh, you know, they turn it around like they did in Colorado. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see uh, the border towns of, of um, you know, eastern New Mexico and west Texas and see, you know, if that happens there as well. Because just in the last five months alone, we've seen New York, Virginia, New Mexico, New Jersey, Arizona, Montana, South Dakota, all legalizing cannabis. So that's a lot of markets to open up and that whole border with Texas is not going to be an isolated incident where no one crosses over and buys cannabis. They're going to follow the repeated patterns that we've seen time and time again uh, until Texas decides that they want some of that revenue as well. <laughs> uh, 
uh, just a matter of time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, and then one last comment, Josh, uh, Idaho legalized hemp uh, in accordance with the USDA Farm Bill, uh, farm, well, the US Farm Bill implemented by the USDA. Uh, Idaho legalized hemp last week. Oh, congratulations for them for catching up to the federal laws. Congratulations, Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> Being right. dead last. <laughs> All right. Well, what a perfect opportunity to wrap this one up. We're going to roll this one up. I want to thank my guest, Katrina Golgowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on the Talking Hedge. Thanks, Josh. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is the Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.